0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the V1 Church Podcast. I want you to sit back, relax. Let me teach you God's word for the next 25 minutes and feed your soul. You know, we've been surrounded by voices. How do you discern whose voice it is? Is it God's? Is it the enemy's? Is it our own? Well, I'm gonna teach you right now the seven ways to discern, to test a voice. Go ahead and take a listen. Hey, V1 Church, I am so excited to jump back into part two of how to hear God's voice. But before we jump in, while you're getting your Bibles ready, you're taking notes, getting ready to lean in and learn with me today, I want to just brag on God for a little while because, you know, we're kind of like living in what seems like uncertain times, but I have never been more convinced that God is on the throne, that God is in control. And let me give you some evidence. Just from last week's broadcast, we had our watch party again experiences to this week. We've received four stories just within our V1 church community of people. Now watch this, because we're talking about, oh, you should be afraid. It's an economic downturn. People are going to be laying off. Well, we just had four people actually get hired at new jobs at double the pay. Uh, Come on. What an incredible testimony. And I believe it's just God's way of saying, I am your father. I love you. I care for you. And I'm going to just say this until somebody starts to get a revelation of it. We get to choose if we participate in a recession or not. No, what do I mean by that? Well, listen, either you believe that your father is the king and he owns a cattle on a thousand hill. You know, just like David said, in all my years, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Either we believe this or we don't. And here's the thing, I'm standing on God's word that all 7,000 promises that he has for us are true for people. Also, listen, our family is expanding. I just, I'm going to just keep bragging on God because I want to elevate the level of faith that you have right there in your living room or or wherever you're watching from around the world right now, but do you know that there are people that are making the decision today? So right after this airs, we are actually going to continue to have our new members luncheon. Now, lunch was gonna be on the church, but it's on you because it's gonna be via Zoom now. (laughs) But we are doing our new members luncheon. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Mike, I am a God of abundance, I am a God of blessings and provisions. I'm the same God of Jacob and Isaac, come on. And so so prepare for V1 Church to grow through this season. And so I switched over our assimilation processes so that it was still possible that people could join our church because I kind of heard this in the spiritual realm. I heard somebody telling the story, I joined V1 Church during the quarantine. (laughs) I mean, how incredible. I became a member of the church when there wasn't a building, when they wouldn't let us in the building, and that's going to be somebody's testimony, and so I expect V1 Church to grow through the midst of this. The church and the book of Acts grew daily, and I believe that when God said, when Jesus specifically said, you're going to do greater things, uh, hello, it's the 21st century, we're ready for greater, yeah. like we're here, so uh, I am just so excited. We have many more testimonies. Listen, if you're watching live right now and you have a story, you have a testimony, please drop. Drop it in the comments or send us a message, uh, send us an email, hit us up, because uh, we just wanna hear what God is using these broadcasts to do. So with that, if you uh, have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open to 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. And today we're gonna be talking about this, how to hear God's voice. So this is the series. Part two is what are your motives, but here's what I titled it, seven ways to test a voice seven ways to test A voice. So let's just kind of think about where you're at in life right now. You are hearing a lot of voices. You're hearing news media. You're hearing the voice of your employers. You're hearing the screaming, blood-curdling voices of your children (laughs) as you're (laughs) you're trapped inside with them all day long. And this is a potentially maddening time. And in the midst of that, if you're a believer, you're trying to hear God's voice. You know, uh, I came from circles growing up in the church where people would say, I heard God say. As a matter of fact, I remember being a teenager and I remember the very first time I heard one of my friends tell a girl, God told me that we're supposed to be together. And I remember thinking, that's pretty smooth. That's a checkmate. Like, what do you say to that? Like, how do you say no to what God said? And anyways, I was immature then, but people say all kinds that God told me to do this, God told me to do that. And as a church, we value and honor the voice of God. We so desperately need His voice in our life, but how do you discern between the three potential voices that you hear? One is your own. Like, is this me talking? Is it the Taco Bell that I ate last night? Is it, uh, you know, what what is this voice? Is it the enemy's voice? Could this have demonic origins or could this in fact be God? And how do we discern between those voices. So I'm gonna give you seven ways to hear God's voice and are to test a voice rather, to know if it's God's, yours, or the enemy's. And before I do that, actually, I wanna do something kind of fun Last week, as we kicked this series of talks off, I actually uh, gave you 10 practical tools for how you can hear God's voice. Um, so the first five people that, that comment with all 10 of them in the, in the comments. Now, this might be a copy paste if you've been taking notes. Um, I'm going to give the first five people, I'm going to mail to your house one of our indivisible shirts that we just rolled out so you can rep some V1 swag. Um, sorry, audience members. Thank <laughs> you. They thought this was gonna be the Oprah show and you get one. And you get one. <laughs> um, but the first five people on each stream that uh, put all 10 of the tools that I gave you to hear God's voice, I'm gonna send you out. I feel so bad. I just dissed my own audience. But <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna send you out one of those uh, shirts uh, because we're in this new phase as a church. And I'm so excited to make history with you um, as we do this. But anyways, let me read this. It says, don't believe Everything that you hear just because someone says it's a message from God. Test it first to see if it really is. So the Bible gives us this mandate to actually test and see if it's from God. Jesus himself, listen to this, this is John chapter 7, verse 17 says, Anyone who wants to do God's will can test this teaching and know whether it's from God or whether I'm making it up. That's the message translation. So Jesus himself said, Hey, I'm not going to abuse this phrase I heard from God. Go ahead and test it for yourself and see if I made this up. And so I believe that God is also giving us a mandate to test the voices that we hear. And actually, as I was preparing for this message and I was praying for our church, you all are going to be exposed to so many more messages than usual. Social media is increasing in content. They know that you're sitting at home binge watching. And so there. so how I guess for for me, as your pastor, I, I want to help protect you, and I want to help preserve your mind. I want to help preserve you emotionally as you go through this season, and as we go through this season together, and to to try to be a good shepherd to you. To say, hey, I'm not saying don't listen to it, but be able to discern what you're listening to, so you can determine: do I need to turn this off? Do I need to what, or, or do I need to lean in? And so here's going to be the seven ways to test a voice. So number one is this: does it agree with the Bible. So if somebody says, (laughs) let's just go with the first example, God, girl, God told me that we're supposed to be together. The first question is, does that agree with the Bible? What does God's, God's Word have to say about this? Luke chapter 21, verse 33 says this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19 says this, Truth stands the test of time. Now, I'm talking about truth with a capital T. You know, your age is a truth with a lowercase t. That changes each year. But the truth of God, it, it actually stands the test of time. And then in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, it says, let God's curse fall on anyone. Now, I love this. Including myself who preaches any message. Now, watch this. I, even if an angel comes to you and preaches you something that God hasn't said, it literally says this, even if an angel comes from heaven and preaches any other message, let him be forever cursed. So we should be testing what we hear. The Bible even gives us permission to pronounce a curse on an angel that says something to you that God hasn't said. That's, come on now. And so that's why when we preach and I take this pulpit to actually teach you faithfully the the scriptures so that you can apply them to your life, it's such a heavy responsibility because even we have permission to curse an angel who comes with a message that's not from God. And so you've got to know, does it agree with the Bible? You know, listen, we're up against a lot right now globally, but I will tell you this, as many of the fixtures of our life are being canceled, this is an opportunity to make a new habit. If you don't have a habit in your life of daily reading scripture, please make that a habit in the midst of this situation. So number one is, does it agree with the Bible? Number two, this is how you test a voice. Is it me or is it the enemy? Is it God? Does it make me more like Christ? I know this sounds basic, but this is not, I promise you. This is the meat of the word. We're going deep today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says it like this. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. If you're um, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, you take every thought captive. Here's why though, so that it is obedient to Christ. Oftentimes we, we quote that scripture, take every thought captive so that we can get our minds together. Take every thought captive so we can have some peace in our mind. It actually says, take every thought captive so that we can be obedient to Christ. Mm-hmm. The end game of your mind being right is you obeying Christ. So how do we know what this voice is? is in our life? Does not make us more like Christ? And, and I guess what I mean by that is Jesus was sacrificial. Jesus was giving. Jesus was loving. You know, there's a lot of churches that have been, and pastors that have been hitting me up from all over the world, literally. Pastor Mike, what are we going to do? Giving's down 57 to 60 percent. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got the bills stacking up. And I said, listen, this is your opportunity to become more like Christ. And they're like, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, this is a chance for your church to give, not not just for your church to ask, your church to be generous. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, we have a chance for the world to see how generous V1 Church is, that they re-examine the reality of the resurrection. That they say human nature says hoard all the toilet paper, but <laughs> but regenerated gospel nature says, well, I give freely with expectation that my God's gonna supply all of my needs according to His riches and His glory. Man, the Lord is speaking a somebody right now. They don't make me run around this joint. (laughs) (laughs) But does it make you more like Christ? Because see, Jesus will provoke you to generosity. Jesus will provoke you to give in a time like this. As a matter of fact, like one of the things that's eaten up most of my time in the last week is trying to figure out how to serve those who have been most affected by COVID-19. Because I just feel like there's an opportunity for people to say, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, but I believe in the love of Jesus through those people. So, so when somebody comes to you, oh, God told me so. Here's one of your responses: Hey, what you just said won't make you more like Christ. So I doubt that Christ said it to you. Okay. It's like that today. It's like that today. Number three: um, How do you know if God spoke it to you? Does my church family confirm it? Oh, I love our church family. As a matter of fact, our connect groups are growing. (laughs) Like I am just blown away. If you go to the V1 Church app and sign up for a connect group, you can have a digital experience with them. And I will tell you this, we have some wisdom in our church. So the question is, does my church family confirm it? Ephesians chapter three, verse 10 says this. God's intent is that through the church, Watch this, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known through the church. So what does that mean? If you need the manifold wisdom of God, you've got to get it through the church. So. Find somebody that has a relationship with God that's going after God at V1 Church and run it through them and say, hey, I think God's saying this. I think God's saying this. What do you think? Now, here's what I don't want you to do. Don't go ask 99 people until the one person says what you wanna hear. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I found it through the church. You picked the crazy person. <laughs> that is not fair. So <laughs> let me read you some more scriptures. <laughs> Proverbs chapter, because you all know, you're laughing because you know. Um, <laughs> Proverbs chapter 11, verse nine says, the wisdom of the righteous can save you. And then Proverbs eleven fourteen giving you a lot of meat today says, in the multitude of counselors, there is Safety. And so in the multitude of counselors, so listen, you'll start to hear a consensus here at V1 where people say, okay, yeah, uh, that I'm, you're hearing from God. Because see, in a time like this, you, there's gonna be a lot of pivoting, reallocation of resources, new doors of opportunity. And so you're gonna be tempted to just move any such way. So you must discern what voice you're hearing by doing the thing that causes you to go to church family to confirm it. Number four is this. Oh man, this is gonna be a good one. So get ready to like kind of take notes. It's gonna, I'm gonna go deep on this one. Number four is, is it consistent with how God has shaped me? Is, is this word that I'm saying, God said it, is it consistent with how God shaped me? So let's, let me break this down for you. There's, there's an acronym that's gonna be on the screen right now for the word SHAPE. Okay, so here's the acronym. So you get this word, you think it's from God, you don't know if it's from God, and you have to ask the question, is this consistent with how God shaped me? So here's your shape. Number one, your spiritual gifts. Is this in alignment with my spiritual gifts? I wanna pause there. If you've gotten up to sing in front of people and no one told you you did a good job, you're not a good singer. (laughs) When I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going there. If no one said, or they just kind of look at you and go, if they pat your back, you failed. <laughs> and and when I watch like the whole American Idol phenomenon, sometimes I think when I see people bombing on that show, I think to myself, no one loved them enough in their life. Like those are the loneliest people. No one loved them enough to be like, hey, you know, uh, you just don't have it. And then Randy Jackson's got to say it on national television. So spiritual gifts, you'll get a confirmation. You'll know when you're operating in your spiritual gift because you'll get a confirmation of it, okay? That's S. H is this, heart. What's the shape of your heart? What's the disposition of your heart? Okay. The A is this, your abilities, your abilities. So you have your spiritual gifting, you have heart, then you have your abilities, like, listen, you could probably tell from my physique, I'm not a sports guy. I probably should try to endeavor to be. But there's certain sports that even if I was to get in the optimal condition of of my physical peak, I still would not be a good fit for it based on the need of that sport. And so your abilities factor in to your filtering the Word of God. Okay, next is personality. Personality. Like, Here's the thing. Oh, this is probably my favorite story with this, but it's very difficult to pastor people if you don't like people. And I've met pastors where I've had to tell them, you love preaching, but you don't love people. That makes you a great preacher and a really bad pastor. So you shouldn't be a pastor. Matter of fact, you should retire from pastoring because you're going to keep hurting people. Uh, And then you should go to a church where they have a need for a communicator and they can schedule you to preach because you're not really pastoring anyone well. And uh, yeah, I remember one time I sat down with someone. I said, man, you are just not, this was years and years ago and my assignment as a pastor. And I was just doing like an organizational overview, seeing how I could grow this local church. And I sat the person down who did kids ministry. And halfway through the conversation, I'm like, well, I just don't see any passion. She admits to me, "I, this is her words, I hate children. And I'm like, you're in the wrong position. <laughs> um, we, but the thing was, she was faithful But she didn't, it didn't suit her personality. It didn't suit, so, so it's like she did something because maybe her pastor said to do it, but she couldn't discern that's not the voice of God for you. And she got put into a place that she faithfully did the wrong thing with her life. And sometimes you can faithfully fulfill the wrong assignment because you don't know how to discern the word from the Lord for your life. So personality matters. And last is this, experiences. Experiences, is it consistent with your experiences? So to review, your spiritual gifts, heart Abilities, personality, and experiences. That is your shape. And your shape, watch this, it reveals your significance. So let's look at it in the physical realm. This is a podium. The shape of this podium actually demands of us to understand its significance. Like, it does not make sense for me to try to sit on this. Why? Because the shape of it says, well, it's definitely meant to hold something, but probably not a 200-pound male. (laughs) And it's too high. And so the shape to us reveals the purpose. So the shape for your life as defined by that acronym will actually give you some indicator of the significance for your life. And then when you receive a word uh, and you're trying to, is this from God? Is this from the devil? Is this from myself? You'll filter it through that way and say, that makes sense. Okay, let me read you Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, He had prepared in advance for you to do good works with your life. If you're watching right now, you feel depressed, full of anxiety, lonely, full of fear. If you feel completely useless, maybe you're day seven in a quarantine and feel like the worst mom ever. Do you know that Ephesians declares to you that you have, been, you have actually been prepared beforehand for good works? That God didn't build you for failure, He built you for success, and you have a shape. The way that you parent, listen, I'm talking to some mom who's beating herself up right now. The way that you mother is the way that your children need to be mothered. And the and your shape, your, you know, like I said, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences uh, are what's needed in your home. And you're built for that. And and, and you just need to know that we gotta filter this this thought in our head. second. That's not God. That's, that's me. That's the enemy. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says this. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Everyone watching, by definition of the word, has been given the ability to do something well. Something well. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life thinking it's a failure. So you all have your own thing that you are a 10 in that area and can continue to grow. Number five is this. You're trying to discern. I have to test this voice. Test this voice. Does it concern my responsibility? Does it concern my responsibility? (laughs) Okay, this is raw, but this is Jesus. Jesus is telling Peter, Peter, you are going to be a martyr. Here's your destiny. You're going to do some great things for me. You're going to be one of the cornerstones of the early church. You've got big destiny on your life, but you're also going to be a martyr. Peter's like, that's messed up. (laughs) He literally, this is how human he was. He's like, well, what about John? What are you going to do about John? And this is Jesus' response. Well, what's going to happen to him? So I'm going to die. What about this dude? This is what Jesus said. He says, if I want him to remain alive till I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. He was like, (laughs) if I want to keep him alive until I return, what does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with you? Romans chapter 14, verse 4 says this, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. I am so sick and tired of God always giving you a word about me." When is He going to talk to you about you? (laughs) When is He going to correct the culture of your home? When's He going to correct your marriage? When's He going to correct your church? When's He going to correct your thing? See, when you get into that heart posture that Peter was in, well, what's going to happen with John? You are going to get a rebuke from Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus is going to say, what's that have to do with you? And Romans is very convicting because it basically says, you're looking for somebody to fall, but watch this, and he will stand and the Lord is able to make him stand. So in other words, that person that you are using, God said, God showed me, God's saying, I, I have the ability to make that person stand. In other words, hey, I might keep you alive just to watch their success. So I don't want, <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone's <laughs> like, what did I show up for? So here's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm saying, though, I don't want the kind of church culture where we don't understand how to discern whose responsibility is this word? Because when God gives me a word for someone, the responsibility doesn't leave just when I release that word. I also ask myself, Holy Spirit, how do I partner with the responsibility to help make them into that thing that I'm speaking into existence? It's deeper. It's a family. This is a family. So, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quit while I'm ahead on that one. <laughs> number six is this. Uh, number six is, is it convicting rather than condemning? So, if you're hearing a voice. And you're saying, God, I need to test this voice. Is this my voice, the enemy's voice, or is this your voice? Conviction is from God and condemnation is from Satan. So is it convicting rather than condemning? And, and here's, here's what I, here. let me give you two phrases and you'll be able to very simply dis, disseminate between one or the other. It says, this needs to change versus you're worthless. If the voice in your head says you're worthless, you are listening to the devil. If the voice in your head says this needs to change, the Holy Spirit's partnering with your conscience to make you better. But see, that, see that see those phrases seem very similar, right? But there's a world of difference between them. And that's what we have. Romans chapter eight, verse one says, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And you've heard it. Revelation chapter three, verse 19 says, those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Repent means changing your mind and your attitude. And And then Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 says this, Satan is the accuser of believers. Satan is the accuser. I never want to actually sound more like a son of Satan than the son of God. I never want our church, I never want you to sound more like a daughter of the devil than a daughter of divinity, the daughter of God. Like, I want us to sound like God. And God is always speaking life. He's always speaking hope. He says, I have plans for you. I have a future for you. And when you're trying to discern where is, what is the origin of this voice, you have to ask yourself, is it convicting me or is it condemning me? And the last one, number seven, is this. How do I, how do I discern Pastor Mike, how do I test this voice? It's very simple. And this is probably the lowest common denominator for all of them. Do I sense God's peace about it? Do I sense God's peace about it? You know, one of the things that, I, I, one of the things I've noticed as I've tried to minister to people throughout the years is that they leave conversations over and over again and they text me afterwards and they say, I just feel peace. Now watch, there's even been times where I've given them very hard words that were not condemning but very convicting and they've said even the conviction of that hard word brought peace. It brought peace because I know it's right. See, sometimes we're telling people God said something to us, but deep in the recesses of our mind, we know we're just wrapping it with our own excuse. We know that it's not God. We know that it's the easy way out. We know that it's less than what God has for us. And so sometimes even a convicting word will still bring peace. And, and I want to be a peacemaker, which means that I come into chaotic environments and produce peace because I serve the Prince of Peace. And everywhere I am is, an, is literally this like ambient reality of peace uh, because it follows me, it's inside of me, it comes out of me. It's, it's the atmosphere of my soul which produces the atmosphere of my home. And, and I believe that if, if I could just for, for a moment, I believe that God has desperately been wanting to break down the walls of the local church so that our home started to feel like a cathedral. That our home started to feel, and, and I think that if you if you were to ask me like what's happening in the midst of these potentially turbulent times, I think this whole concept of spirit breakout is becoming realer than it ever has been before. And and, and I, you know, it was weird because I was able to actually preach in front of thousands, but couldn't pray with my own wife in the privacy of our bedroom. And so spirit break out for me was, hey, can you man up and pray for your wife in your own home, just like you prayed for someone else's wife in front of thousands? And 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 I believe that there's this thing that's happening that's so precious, so special in, in, that, in that we're hearing God's voice and it's bringing peace and we're bringing that peace into our home. You know, I, I want to leave you with this and I want to pray for you and we want to just continue to be with you throughout the remainder of this week. Uh, My daughter, she's five years old. Everly is kind of in that phase where she's like independent and dependent at the same time. And uh, since we've been quarantined, uh, I've been like kind of hanging out with them a little bit more. And she keeps grabbing my hand and like leading me into her bedroom and making her play Barbies. And I'm like, dad's got to work. And I go back and she grabs my hand. And I first took it like a compliment, like, man, she really just wants her dad. And then probably a day into that, I realized that she's definitely, afraid to be in a room alone and thinks that there's monsters in a room. And so so her solution is like, if I can grab dad and bring dad into my room, the monsters won't get me. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes you can go from five years old to 50 and um, still believe that there's monsters that are gonna get you if your dad's not in the room with you. And right now we have a whole culture that's struggling with, uh, there's monsters. There's invisible monsters that can make you sick and kill you, and it's real. That's the thing. I mean, it's real. There's financial monsters that can rob your your bank account and and you'll never recover and you're, you lose your job and there's there's monsters and 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 we're kind of in this world where we just graduated from five years old to 55 years old but the monsters are still there and if I can if I can encourage you to do anything do what whateverly did just grab your dad by the hand and walk him into every space of your life and just say if you are with me if you can be with me in the midst of this I know I'll be safe so man I've got chills literally all over me right now we're gonna pray together, church. I I just want you to pray uh, for all those who call V1 Church home. We are a family wherever we are. And and even though we can't be in the same room, the Holy Spirit is ubiquitous. And and see, it makes so much better of a plan for Jesus and a physical body to say, hey, I'm going to ascend to heaven and leave my Holy Spirit, because there's going to be some days where you're quarantined and you need the Holy Spirit. And He's not limited by walls or boundaries or bodies. He's coming right to dwell inside of you like Ephesians chapter. 2 Verse 22 says, You've been fashioned into a living house of the Lord. And so the Lord, your dad, wants to come and be with you right now. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single person who's watching. They've been trying to discern your voice, but your voice is speaking to them so clearly right now, reaffirming your love for them, your desire to see them succeed and to see them flourish, even while things around them may seem like it's falling, God. But we stand firm on all 7,000 promises of your word and the church in this season and this hour is going to rise like never before globally and they're going to see us excel beyond all the boundaries because it's going to be your spirit just like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I don't know who this is for but if you find yourself in front of a Red Sea, it must mean that there's a Moses inside of you for this season. If you find yourself in in a lion's den, you must be the Daniel. It's some Sometimes it takes these types of situations to provoke the greatness to come out of you. And I just pray Father that greatness would be released in your kingdom from inside of the people of God outward into the manifestations of our daily lives. And I thank you Father that we are hearing your voice clearly as we test every voice according to your word. Thank you God for an affirmation in Jesus name. And everyone said across every home, every hospital, every college and university wherever you're at, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Listen, the most important thing that you can do right now is continue to surround yourself with things that are gonna enrich your soul, help your mind, help you stay stable in these times. So if you haven't already, hit subscribe, give it five stars, share it with a friend, pay it forward to somebody who desperately needs to hear this. And I cannot wait to see you again next week.